some stones Saw the skin and bones Of a city without a soul I stopped outside a church house Where the citizens like to sit They say they want the kingdom But they don't want God in it Yeah, I went with nothing Nothing but the thought of you I went wandering Their leader botched it worse than everybody. <laughs> he was over here speaking in tongues. Oh, uh, live good. here with Adams Road. This is their third time on the air, so it's, uh, it's really a privilege to have them. We'll be talking, opening up the phone lines, asking them questions about their ministry, where they are uh, throughout the western U.S. and um, mostly through Utah. And then uh, also we'll take your calls, a few other things. Uh, whether you're watching on the National NRB Network or Channel 378 Direct TV, or if you're listening on KUTR AM 820, The Truth, we welcome you. And if you have family or friends who can't watch Heart of the Matter on television, have them go to www.hotm.tv and they can watch live from anywhere in the world. God Uncomplicated is partnering with Weber State University's InterVarsity uh, Christian Fellowship to host Ignite the Heart, a back-to-school rally on September 9th. Bobby Porter, professional, former professional basketball player, and I will be speaking. The event's free. For all college-age students, and it will be at the Shepherd Union building at Weber State. So you can go to GodUncomplicated.com to get more information about how to register, etc. What is happening this Saturday afternoon at Bountiful City Park? Well, we're going to have Burning Heart 2010, our fifth annual Say Goodbye to Summer, Say Hello to Each Other, and to God Revival. There's a playground for the kids. Subway Eat Fresh will be offering a four-course deluxe meal, including sandwich, chips, cookie, and drink all for $4. Adams Road here with us tonight will also be performing, which is gonna be great. And we're gonna have open water baptisms for any and all who wish to publicly commit or recommit their lives to Christ the King. Bring a blanket and chairs at least and whatever else you want, we'll see you Saturday. Bountiful City Park, 5 to 9 p.m. for Burning Heart. Every Sunday at University of Utah, join us for a weekly verse-by-verse Bible study from 2.30 to 3.30. You can go to calvarycampus.com for more information and like directions. And then while you're on your way, you can tune into AM820 and uh, KUTR The Truth and listen to Heart of, Ma- Heart of the Matter replays on that station. Speaking of radio, Calvary Chapel in Cedar City was awarded an FCC license to build and broadcast a full power non-commercial radio station out there. The translation is Christian Radio is Coming, Crossover FM. The station's going to broadcast God's Word 24-7, uh, including music, more than 10,000. Actually, it's about 14,000 square miles, reaching about a quarter of a million people, three national parks, two college campuses, every home and business in southern Utah, 
so they are looking for support. They were granted $90,000, which were donated in the radio tower, and they're working to do it. You can go to crossoverfm.org. Our ministry fully supports this endeavor. We believe that radio and, and television are great mediums to reach people with the truth, and so you can check them out by going there. When I was a child, I loved the story of Hansel and Gretel. I especially love the part where uh, the forest witch builds this delicious little hut full of gingerbread and, and to lure children in with its appealing facade. I was a chubby kid who loved candy, and I still love candy. And I was so attracted to those illustrations of the ice gingerbread roof and the gumdrops all over the place and candy doorknobs and licorice chimneys. I just almost like licked the book. It was so delectable to me. And, and then, of course, the moral of the story is to beware that you're not blinded by appealing and appetizing fronts uh, because within them might dwell a, a sinister witch. And um, I really hate to sound like a, a reactionary, but the body of Christ is facing some amazing gingerbread houses in this day and age. Uh, in the Mormon Christian debate, unbelievable alliances are being formed between the two once theologically opposed sides. Some call it maturation. I call it de-evolution and a sign of a malnourished and misdirected body of believers. You want specifics? There are a handful of radio and television hosts nationwide that have made conservative right-wing politics an arm of our faith. My faith, uh, without our permission... I got news for you, Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter and even, even Dr. Dobson. You don't speak for my Christianity. Uh, my faith and trust and work are in him and for him and focused on sharing what he said and did, not what you think Christians ought to say politically or what they ought to do in his name. Faith in Christ is not connected to any political platform. And nobody's got, been directed in God's word to fight against this material world and its social ills. Why am I getting all worked up about this tonight? Well, there's a witch that's hiding in one of these gingerbread houses, and he's been seducing well-intentioned Christians into his sugary house for years. His name's Glenn Beck. And in my opinion, he's a walking, talking, crying witch who is hiding behind the alluring ice stucco of reforming, even saving America by the arm of the flesh, all the while at the same time promoting Mormonism whenever he can. This man is running all over America like a pseudo John the Baptist, and he's preparing the way, in my opinion, for another Mormon who's just chomping at the bit to come in and sit on the presidential throne. I pray to God in heaven that he will open our eyes so we can hear and see this duplicitous stage spin Christians are being fed, and that will put a stop, God will help put a stop to Christians blindly gobbling up these breadcrumbs that are leading right up the stairs to an LDS temple. And with that, let's have a prayer. Lord, we do in fact pray for our country and our country's leaders, and we are not apathetic to uh, your ways and how you do things. But Lord, let us be people who are of faith and who share what you have done for us and uh, not make that part of some uh, political or uh, arm of the flesh movement. We pray to be in your spirit, Lord. We pray for our volunteers. We pray for the program tonight and for the technical difficulties that come. We pray for Adams Road, the members of it, for their ministry, for the music that we'll hear, that it will reach people's hearts and for them as they go out this, 
for these next uh, six weeks and they continue to share that they will be blessed abundantly and that our viewers will pray for them and include them in their prayers for this next six weeks, that they will reach people with the true message of Jesus Christ. This we pray for in his name. Amen. You know, I've been blessed over the years to meet a lot of wonderful people. I'm sitting with some of my favorites. And I don't say that, you know, if, unless it's really true. I love these guys for a number of reasons. First, they all love the Lord. Uh, second, they're young. I'm an old codger. They, call me the, they were calling me a rabbi last night because of my glorious gray beard. And uh, they're young, handsome guys, and they love the Lord. And they were all LDS. And, and then they're musicians. And so they have that artistic side too, which is just beautiful. But finally, they're really good guys where, uh, you know, I know they have sin like all of us, but they're good guys. And, and so it's really refreshing to be with people who, who uh, uh, represent the Lord in this way. Micah, Joseph, Steve, Jay, and Matt, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, you guys are out on tour for the next six weeks. This is Micah. He's the guy behind the drums. How's it going? Good. Yeah. yeah, you guys have been out to uh, Tooele. 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 Yep. And, you, and then where else? We're going to show you later on where they're going to be for the next six weeks. You have a new CD out. Let's yes. show what that looks like. You got to look at this cover. Uh, wow. Looks just like us sitting here. Yes, it does. <laughs> See, I'm on the cover of Adam's. It looks like this. <laughs> uh, well, it looks what. It, What's the name of it, Mike? It's called Enemy of the Cross. Enemy of the Cross, yeah. and uh, it's a great um, cover because it shows all the members of the band, and they're underneath a Christian cross, and they are dressed as missionaries. And once we get that graphic up, we'll show. Well, what what does that mean? What what is that cover done, and what does it mean to you? Well, what it does is it illustrates, you know, kind of our journey from you know being enemies of the cross to being ministers of the true gospel. You know, because it's like Paul said in, in, in Philippians, you know, when he came to know the Lord and, um, you know, he, he, he looked back on his life and said, you know, I was trying to destroy the church of God, believing that what I was doing was for God. And in reality, he was an enemy to the cross of Jesus Christ. And just the same, you know, we as missionaries were going door to door trying to take people away from the true gospel of grace, mm -hmm. you know, from, from the true love of Jesus Christ. Um, but once we came to know that, that Jesus Christ and his cross and his grace were all we needed for salvation, uh, you know, it changed our lives and, and uh, allowed us to, to be ministers of the, of the true gospel of grace, you yeah. know, and that's, that's what we do now. So the cover, do we have it up yet, Derek? No, the cover then, it has you guys, three of you dressed as Mormon missionaries, mm -hmm. and it really is about your journey and you being enemies of the cross. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of people look at it and say it's a statement church for the, you know, for the whole LDS church. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you know, we're just referencing ourselves, you know, looking back at our own lives and saying, this is where we were. Just like Paul said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. You know, a Pharisee, if anybody had a right to boast in righteousness, it was him. And, uh, you know, we feel the same way about, you know, our, how we were in the Mormon church. But, mm -hmm. but coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we can look back and say we were enemies of the cross, but now we're followers of it. Praise God. Uh, the D, there's a DVD inside this recent CD. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, one of the things we decided to do was kind of illustrate our ministry, you know, visually, because a lot of people ask, because we have kind of a unique uh, ministry. And so we have a 52-minute documentary. Uh, it's got three main sections. It's got a, a musical section that explains, 
you know, how we write songs, what the process is, how we record. Um, and then we also have a personal life section that shows our families, our children, uh, where we live. We own and operate a bed and breakfast uh, in Winter Garden, Florida called the Edgewater Hotel. And then it also goes uh, and has like behind the scenes on us on the road, you know, what it's like to be living a bus for uh, three or four months out of the year and, uh, you know, just, just kind of goes through that, but explains, you know, the motivation behind why we do what we do. So. And you give these, these away, don't you? Yes, yes. We, we, we're traveling with our CD, DVD combo, and every show, everywhere we go, we, we give them to people for free. And that's, that is just awesome. It's amazing. Uh, because one of the criticisms that I have is when you walk into some places, you find a, a Christian book that's written by a, a great author who has great insights, and they want 35 40 bucks for it. So, oh, there's our cover for it right now, um, Enemy of the Cross. So that looks really good. Listen, uh, Steve, because this is your third visit on Heart of the Matter, sort of fill in uh, the audience about uh, where you guys came from and what your tour is all about. Uh, well, as Micah said, all of us used to be members of the Mormon or LDS church, and four of us served missions for the church. Uh, several of us actually got to be friends while serving our missions. And uh, I think really the, the basic way it started was uh, Micah had a run-in with a Baptist minister while he was on his mission in Florida. And the Baptist minister, minister just basically challenged him to read the Bible and to, to discover the true gospel of Jesus Christ, to read it as a child. Um, and as a result of that, Micah, uh, through the course of studying the Bible over his mission, uh, came to Christ. And from there, it was just kind of a domino effect. Uh, everyone in the band, in, in one way or another, was interconnected. And, and uh, by studying the Bible, uh, just the power of God's word transformed us and helped us to come to Christ. Um, there's actually a scripture that I think really says it best in Ephesians 5. Uh, in verse 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And then in verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. And then uh, in verse 19, it says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our, our ministry is just about that, glorifying God for what he's done in our life and exposing the works of darkness, trying to call others to come to that same glorious light. Praise God. I mean, these guys, they just exude the Lord when they talk, don't they? And they, and, and they exude honesty, and they all came from that LDS background. So I'm not alone, you know, and there's a lot of people out there like it. So, uh, you know, we went out to dinner last night, and we were able to sit and talk. Joseph, last year we had a show, and we had a call, and Joseph's uh, friend actually called in the show. Uh, what's happened with him, Joseph? What's going on? Um, well, it's actually a pretty exciting story because... Uh yeah, he called in right at the end of, of the last show, and um, we didn't have a chance to like talk to him very much on the air, but um, afterwards, he came out to Florida to visit me and, and the guys, um, and because uh, we had been really good friends um, throughout the last couple of years. I had known him in high school, um, and he's a Mormon, okay, and so uh, he came out, and um, I challenged him to read the Bible uh, as a child, as I was challenged, and um, since then, uh, he's read it about five times, uh, or is on his fifth time. One, one of the times, he finished it on Easter, and he uh, sent me a cross necklace, um, which is uh, really important to me, um, and because, especially because now he knows the significance of the cross, and he uh, rejoices in the cross, unlike um, you know, how, he, how he did before, how he would have reacted before. Um, and uh, he, uh, I have no reason to believe that he hasn't been 
um, a born-again Christian. Um, he still belongs to the Mormon church um, physically, but uh, he, uh, his heart is with God and in the Word. And there's actually a kind of a funny story uh, really quick. It's kind of disturbing, but, but funny at the same time. But uh, so uh, this new album, Enemy of the Cross, I send this to him because he requested it. And, um, and uh, as soon as his parents, they knew who we are and who I am, and uh, as soon as they saw my name on the box, um, then uh, they um, uh, forced him to open it in front of them. As soon as they did and they saw that CDs were in the box, uh, they kicked him out of the house. He's 25 and he's my age. So they kicked him out of, his ho- out of the house because he's living with his parents, uh, going to school and everything. And then they destroyed the CDs uh, and threw away the pieces and then let him back in and, and told him that uh, we must have been praying to the devil uh, to, to have him be deceived or whatever and that he would uh, be kicked out of his ho- out of the house if he ever left the Mormon church. So, wow. so it's just another example of this hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil that's on the cover of our, of our album. It just, it just proves that point even more. Very good. Yeah. Uh, let's show that cover one more time if we have it up. That cover is just being resistant. <laughs> All right. So. It's going to come up right, right as soon as I start talking seriously. It always happens that way. All right. We'll get, we'll get it uh, back. Let's keep moving. Uh, there it is. <laughs> so there's the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Yeah, and then you have Micah and Jay over there uh, uh, off to the side, and uh, a great, great cover. You know, there's a, I was going to say there's a great scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18, that kind of illustrates this. You know, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And, uh, praise God. Yeah, praise God, because now we know that, that the cross of Jesus Christ is the power of salvation. Amen. Uh, We've talked about some of the uh, struggles that we have as Christians. Many emails that we get or telephone calls are from people who have come out of Mormonism and they, uh, or they are Christian and they start to wonder about things. They start to have questions. And it's really refreshing that when you are a seeker of truth that you can openly uh, seek and question if you have a crisis of faith. Well, last night I was talking to Jay and he was mentioning some things about your faith, even possibly some troubles. I wonder if we could go to Jay and have you tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, um, yeah, Sean, um, like we were talking about last night, you know, you asked uh, what was on my heart and, and what, I, what, you know, what's, what's been going on in my life. And, uh, um, and, you know, just to be totally transparent, you know, I, I, at first I just said, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really an interesting person, so nothing, nothing's been happening. But um, to, be, to be perfectly transparent, you know, I, I said, well, I have been uh, struggling with my faith. And, uh, you, you know, you described it as a crisis of, of faith, um, which I had never thought of it um, in those particular words. But, you know, um, uh, and in the course of making this, uh, you know, of, of the last year um, and trying to get this, this album and this DVD out in about the course of six months, I guess uh, I really got pretty run down. I started to um, have some, some troubles with my health and uh, one thing led to another, you know, and in, in, that, in that vulnerable moment, um, like, uh, like, like all of us, you know, when we're a moment of vulnerability, we, uh, we, you know, we start to re- we really start to question things and us as Christians, what, what we begin to question is, is our faith. And uh, I really, um, you know, I started wondering, you know, what, what am I doing? Uh, you know, uh, at, you know, what, with the band and being a Christian, and and what does it all mean? And I was, I was just, I was just in a very difficult place. And uh, around uh, um, Easter, it actually happened on Easter Day. Um, 
it kind of all came to a head. We had, we had played a, a, a concert that morning. And, uh, um, and you know, I, I, had been, I had been feeling bad the previous night, and I had started to get in a pretty dark place. Um, and, uh, and that morning was one, wonderful. You know, whenever you're performing and, and, and singing the words from the, the Bible, it's usually a pretty transformative experience. But uh, that afternoon, um, it just hit me again, and uh, and I ended up I, I had to go to the store and do some stuff, and I ended up going to Walmart, and I just I just hate the consumerism in our society sometimes, you know. And I was in Walmart, and uh, and I was looking around at everybody, and there was bunch there was kids out front, you know, that they were, they were they were posing and doing the gangster thing and everything, and I'm just looking around and like, man, this this world we're in is is uh, is dark, and and it just everybody kind of started looking like an animal to me, you know, and just like. Man, we're just we're just a bunch of animals, uh, and uh, um, I mean that really, uh, and I, it just kind of kind of catapulted me into this this really uh, dark uh, line of thinking about about you know is, is my faith really really founded on the rock that is Jesus Christ? And I've been reading Lee Strobel's uh, you know the case for Christ, and uh, but to tell you the truth, you know I mean uh, I was trying to analyze it in, in that way, you know like. Uh, can I really say historically um, and uh, logically is, is Jesus Christ um, something that, that I believe in? And uh, but you know, so I ended up uh, you know uh, c coming to the band with it and talking to them, and I, I got some really uh, um, good advice from Joseph, who said that he, you know, he, he um, when he had first become born again Christian, he had had kind of the same crisis in questioning everything whether whether or not his beliefs were you know were were anything you know whether they were true or not and uh um he uh he pointed me to he just said well what i did was read the bible and uh um and you know that's what did it for me i just read and uh and and he actually the particular scripture for him that did it was uh was john um john four um what is it here 42, um, which is, you know, they said to the woman, is no longer because of what, what you said that we believe, but is, um, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Um, and Joseph said, you know, that that, 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 uh, that that was what did it for him. You know, he, he said that, you know, because of reading the Bible and finding the truth in the Word of God, um, it wasn't because of what other people had said. Um, you know, and, and uh, for me, I mean, uh, that's what I did. I got I, I got in the Word of God and I, I read. And uh, another thing that really helped a lot is just the people that we meet um, when we're uh, when we're when we're performing. Um, uh, you know, it, it's really good to have that fellowship with with, with great Christians and see um, and and see the the grounding that they have in Jesus Christ. Um, uh, the other scriptures, Corinthians, has always been extremely um, dear to my heart, especially. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, um, uh, you know, about, about um, love being, being the, the fulfilling of the law. Um, um, but 1 Corinthians um, uh, 19, right after the scripture that Micah just quoted, says, you know, um, that, that God will destroy the wisdom of, of the wise um, and the, uh, the discernment of the discerning he will thwart. Um, and, you know, if that's true, I mean, uh, the wisdom of the wise, there's all, you know, there's all kinds of people out there with all kinds of philosophies um, these days who are trying to lead many men astray. And, and a lot of that is found in science. And, and uh, that's probably one of my, one of my uh, hang-ups is the fact that I've always found uh, science. I've always been interested in quantum physics and, and all of these things. And uh, if you think about that too much, it's hard to reconcile um, your faith with that, with that oftentimes. Um, 
but God will destroy um, the, the wisdom of the wise. Um, and so, you know, the world's get, definitely getting ready for a cleansing in that respect, uh, I think. Um, and then the, the last scripture um, is First uh, Corinthians um, 2, 16. Um, for who has understood the mind of the Lord um, so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Um, I think that's the, the main thing is that, you know, if we stay in the word of God, we are reconnected with that, that um, when, when, we, when we end up in these times of struggle and, uh, and turmoil in our lives, if we stay in that word of God, um, we are reconnected with that relationship that we have in Jesus Christ, which is the only truth that really matters to us that, that, that founds us on the rock um, and, uh, and will confound the wisdom of the world. Awesome. You know what is, uh, I really love about that and what Jay said is that he wasn't afraid to uh, go to his friends and say, hey, I, I, I'm wondering about these things. And then Joseph's uh, advice to him was, open up the word of God, this is what I do. And uh, I have some uh, opportunity to counsel people and it's always, I mean, they'll ask for this advice or that advice, it's always open up the word of God, read it and let it, let it seek in. And so it's really a beautiful thing. And I appreciate the honesty because we do have times where we wonder. We do uh, wonder sometimes. We lose faith. We doubt sometimes. But God is good, and He is there, and He's there with us. So uh, find hope in that and realize other people go through the same thing. Finally, Steve and I were talking, and uh, when you come out of Mormonism, sometimes there's a word that's really tough to utter, like in normal conversations, and it's the word Jesus. So Steve, uh, tell us about your experience with that. Well, it's funny, uh, you know, a lot of the guys, like I said, we met while we were Mormons, so there was kind of a transitional period where one by one the guys were slowly coming to Christ and, and coming to that personal relationship, and I was kind of the last one on the, on the gravy train, you know, so to speak, and uh, uh, I just remember all the guys that started writing songs about Jesus and singing songs outside of an 1800-style hymn setting where they used Jesus' name. And I felt really uncomfortable with that. I felt that it was disrespectful and inappropriate. And because, you know, I'd been raised to, you know, to believe that I had to have this respectful distance between myself and God. I mean, you know, they, when, I, when we were LDS, we prayed in Old English. You know, it's this very distant, you know, not talking to God as if he's your friend or Jesus, you know. And, um, and so really that was something I had to overcome. But it was, a, it was a big hurdle for me to feel, you know, that it was okay to talk about Jesus in such a personal way. So what happened? Uh, basically, God just changed my heart. You know, it wasn't wasn't an overnight thing, but you know, it, it just took realizing that that Jesus was my friend, that I could sing songs about him. You know, uh, as long you know, as long as my heart was in the right place and I was doing it with the Word of God, and it, it was okay to sing about Jesus in any setting. So beautiful, really nice. Listen, uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go to the partner spot and talk about our partners program. Before we do that, uh, I want you guys to think about. Uh, a question and when we come back we're going to listen and hear the music but the question I'll have for you uh, is uh, some thoughts on the new LDS television commercial ploy the uh, Glenn Beck uh, stance and what you think about having a Mormon president which is what they're going to be working toward and when we return we're going to get to uh, see them perform a, a number actually it's the title track isn't it from Enemy of the Cross so we'll see you in a second all right, grab a pencil. Just grab something to write with. Um, we have tried to do this spot several times. I don't even know what time of day it is anymore. I've been sitting here so long. And, but what we are, want to tell you is 
Heart of the Matter has been blessed greatly in trying to reach people with the message of Jesus Christ, especially those who are in the LDS Church. We contend for the faith each and every week for five years. We have hundreds of programs, and by the grace of God, the fruit has been plentiful and we're seen all over the world. But this medium that we've chose, chosen called TV is very expensive, and we need you to help us stay on the air. So there are ways that you can do it, and we want you to partner with us. That's what we're asking you to do. So write this phone number down, 888-868-4686. You can also go online. You can go to www.hotm.tv, or you can write us at Aletheia Ministries, 4760 Highland Drive, number 515, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84117. Again, let me give you that information. You can call us at 888-868-4686. You can sign up to be a partner by going online at hotm.tv. Or you can write us at Aletheia Ministries, 4760 Highland Drive, number 515, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84117. The Lord has taken this in spite of the host, in spite of the technical inability for me to get this partner's program down right. But we need you, and if he inclines your heart and you're interested, please contact us and help us keep the program on the air. God bless you. While Adams Road is, we're queuing them up, uh, I just wanted to say I got an email from New uh, Australia. G'day, Sean. One question, you say on your show that you don't care what Mormons do, so since you claim that you don't care what they do, then why do a show that is dedicated at least mostly, if not completely, to tearing down the Mormon faith? Listen to what he says. I don't know about you, but judging such an organization like you do is completely contrary to the teachings of Christ. I don't know what the Mormons have done to you, that, uh, nor do I care. But what does aggravate me is that you continually seek to tear them down. In no sense whatsoever did Christ do what you are doing. In fact, he despised it. If the Mormon faith has done something to you, get over it and move on. He writes, listen carefully, this is the important part. I am a Christian, and I fully believe that what you are doing on your show is condemning yourself. So I would suggest you actually take Christ's commandment to heart and love one another because it doesn't look like you're doing that. Don't let your pride or anger or bitterness cost you your salvation. Uh, thank you for reading, and then he signs it, Robert. And I just want you to know that, um, Robert, what we do is out of love. The guys who are sitting on the stage, we're going to hear their music in a second. Why I do this every week is because I do love the LDS people, and I do know that they have been misled. And so because they have been misled, we want to reach out to them and show them. Now, there are times when you have to be attacking. There are times when Jesus did attack. You said Christ was completely against this. That's just not the case. But there are times when it's appropriate to share truth in love. And uh, that's what we try to do, Robert. So we hope you understand. I also want you to know that, that my salvation is not predicated on uh, me doing this show. That, so you need to really get back into that Bible and find out what being a Christian really means. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, Adams Road. told me that I was like Saul, trying to destroy the church of God, persecuting the true disciples of Christ, and binding them in prison, and 
They have a lot of great songs. All their uh, CDs are great. We hope you'll check them out. In fact, we're going to show you where they're going to be for the next uh, five, four or five weeks. We'll roll that on the screen and then we'll come back to talking, taking your calls. You know, it's amazing. These guys, people talk about, you know, oh, you're, you're in this for the money and stuff. First of all, they give away their music. Second of all, did you see how long they're going to be here? Their families live in Florida. They drove a big whopping thing out here and, and, and they're away from their kids. They have little kids and they sacrifice. This is what you do when you come to know the truth. It's, it's really awesome. These guys are really good. I hope you'll come see them, especially come to Burning Heart this Saturday where they're going to be playing. All right, really quick, uh, heavy, we have a lot of callers, actually. So I'm going to avoid this, and we're going to go to the phones. Uh, we have Rachel uh, in Montana, first time caller. We got to plug that in, Micah. Uh, Missouri. Missouri. Rachel? Hello, Sean. Hello, you're on with Adams Road and Sean McCrane. <laughs> <laughs> I had a question for the guest. Okay. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say that I've heard some of their testimonies and their music just really appreciated the, the basis on the Word of God. It's very encouraging to me. Yeah. But my question kind of concerns their journey out of Mormonism. And I was wondering if they could contrast their understanding of baptism as an LDS, with what it means to them now as a born-again Christian. Who wants to take it? Uh, I, guess, I guess I'll field that one. Um, you know, having, when, when I was LDS, I looked at baptism as, you know, entering into, um, in my concept of, of Mormon theology, into a relationship with the Jesus of Mormonism, but also, more especially, as entering into the Mormon church itself becoming a part of that organization uh, and it was really important to me to you know have that physical act of, of baptism of being submersed in the water completely to wash away my sins and uh, you know being a Christian now and looking at, at what the word says it says that the, the whole church is supposed to be washed through the word of God and to be renewed by the spirit through that baptism of the spirit and uh, and so you know not not to diminish the actual physical act of baptism by any means but the real importance of it now to me as a Christian is the actual spiritual death to my old self, my old life of sin, and the, the new life, the rebirth into this life with Christ and the, the life that is alone in Christ. So for me, that's, that's the difference. It's, the focus is more on the spiritual than it was on the, uh, on the physical. Excellent. 
Does that help you, Rachel? Absolutely. All right. Thanks, thanks for watching. Take care. Yeah, God bless. God bless you. We're going to Eric in Turlock, California. Eric, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi, Sean. Um, I tried to call in a few weeks ago, but uh, I only had a minute left. And um, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And, uh, I, I, was, I watch your show all the time, by the way. Um, there's a lot of Mormons where I live. And, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty crazy. But what I wanted to tell you was um, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in modern prophets. Um, after Jesus died, uh -huh. uh, and you said we do, and you also said that we go off of our feelings, and yeah. we don't, uh, that's not something that's, like, preached, and you, you compare us a lot to the Mormons, or when, when you want to start listening groups outside of Mormons, say, Joe's one Catholics. Well, Aaron, let me ask you a question. First of all, I'll ask Adams Road if anybody who knows anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, please speak up. But before we do, Aaron, so tell me, where did you come up? Uh, where did you come up with some of the things that make you very different from what's in the Word? Was that who who gave you the new uh, world? Is it the new world translation? Who gave you that Bible? That's pretty funny. I just had a conversation with a evangelical Christian two weeks ago about that. Um, that he was telling me how. Well, who gave it to you? Um, the translation. Yeah. Uh, does it matter? Yeah, it matters greatly. Uh, it shouldn't matter because you're you're trying to look at the man, and the man doesn't matter. It's what God is saying. So what? What? So the men, the men of your of your faith, say certain things. And it doesn't matter. You follow them, but so th I see this conflict here. You're saying you're, I'm following the man. You're following the man. You understand that? No, I don't. I think you're you're uh, trying to say, like, if I told you who those people who were who wrote the New World Translation, you're going to get on me for saying, oh, you worship them. And no, I'm not going to say you worship them. I just want to know who they are. And if we don't know, you're like, oh, why don't you want to know them? I don't know the people who wrote the. I do. American English translation. I, I know who wrote the who wrote the Bible. No, no, not the Bible, but like the different translations. Oh well, who wrote who wrote your Bible is what I want to know. Uh, the Bible was inspired by God. I know forty different men wrote my Bible. Oh okay. Anybody know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses over here? <laughs> this is why I don't do a show on Jehovah's Witnesses. But you can tell me anything, and I'm not going to know the difference. You know. I'll, I'll tell you I, I, I really don't want to know because I've had them come to my house and the similarities between uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism are so, so paralleled that I really no, don't no, want... No, 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 Aaron, Aaron, you don't understand. I'm not going to give you a platform to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. They're more insane to me than Mormonism. So I, I'm I sorry, but no, 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 you don't but understand. Me, as a Jehovah's Witness, I think like Mormons are insane, believing in Mormons. I know you do. I know you do, and you believe and, in just and, as like, many insane Trinity things. Insane too. Okay, first of all, you don't believe in Jesus in the way that the Bible. You don't believe he's God. No, no, we believe in the biblical Bible, and I understand. Okay, we're going to end this now. Get rid of her because I, I, I'm not educated. I don't know anything. She can tell me anything. I have to believe it. Cut that off. Oh, I got to cut it off. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Paul uh, in Salt Lake City. Paul, you're on Heart of the Matter. Paul? Paul? Paul, you're on the air? Yes, I'm here. Okay, go for it, Paul. Here with Adams Road. 
Great. My question is, I work in a small company, and one of our employees was recently called to be a bishop. And my question is, uh, how many hours does being a bishop require in a typical week? Because we've seen his productivity fall quite a bit, and it's caused some morale problems within our team. <laughs> uh, well, anyone want to go with that? Sure. Well, um, for example, in, in the Mormon temple, you covenant to give all your time, talents, energy to the building up the kingdom of the Mormon church. So, um, so to answer your question, he's probably going to give as much time as, as he can to, uh, to that, and it wouldn't surprise me if, the, if his business is, if his time in other places is diminished. Yeah. And what, what Matt was uh, referring to is, uh, is in the temple, you actually make a covenant, um, Paul, that you will give everything, everything to the building up of the Mormon church. And so that's what he was saying. So this man, he's been called to be a bishop. He's been through the temple, obviously. And Matt's just saying he's going to do everything he can. Because if he does anything less than that, then he's already taken an oath he'd be in the devil's power. Yeah. So exactly. he has no now, choice. Is that an oath specifically for taking the bishophood, or is that an oath in general? That's an oath in general for any active LDS member who's been through the temple, the Mormon temple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, because it, it wasn't a problem prior to his being a bishop. Yeah. Well, they really, they really lay claim to it being so wonderful that they have a lay clergy. And, uh, but what it does is this taps families and people. If they take their temple covenant seriously, like Matthew was talking about, it really can tap you out and uh, strain you out instead of having somebody who does that like Paul did. And they can, they can uh, do that for a living to teach people the word of God. So it's a very different animal, but it's not surprising you're seeing that. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. We're going to Don, who's uh, a, uh, not a first-time caller, I don't believe. Don, you're on Heart of the Matter. Sean? Yes. I'd like to ask you just a couple of questions, if I can. Then I'd like to hang up and listen to what you have to say. Okay, Don, have you called before? It's been a long, long time ago since I called. Has it? Uh-huh. Okay. I watch your program all the time, though, and I enjoy your program. Thanks, Don. Are you the one who works for that guy who does the radio program? This what? Are you the guy, the Don who works for uh, that guy who does the radio program? Oh, no, I'm retired. I work for the state of Utah. I've been retired from UDOT. Oh, okay. Okay, so go ahead, Don. Well, I just wanted to ask you a question. You know, I, I was a long away from the church for many, many years. I never got active until... I went through the temple in 2000, but I never should have gone through. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, through pressure from family and friends and what have you, I let them persuade me into going through, but I wasn't worthy because I like to have my glass of wine at night and I like to have a cup of coffee in the morning. But my biggest problem was, too, I had such a hard time wearing the garments. I'm six foot four and I have a long, slender body. My legs aren't as <laughs> long as they should be. And every time I wore these garments, it seemed like I was always pulling up my pants and tucking in my shirt. People asked me what was wrong with me. So I just told them I suffered from the St. Titus dance. And, uh, but finally, you know, I, uh, you know, the bishop knew I didn't like those. When I was going to church, they put pressure on me and he asked me, he said, are you wearing your garments? I said, yes, but just as soon as I get home, I'm going to take them off. He told me, you can't do that. If you keep doing this, we're going to have to take away your recommend. And so one Sunday, I guess I wasn't in a very good mood, and he called me into his office. And he asked me if I got my garments on, and I said, yes, but I don't like them at all. Just as soon as I get home, I'm taking them off. And I said, as long as I'm spilling my heart out to you, let me just tell you. 
every night before I go to bed, I have a glass of red wine, which my doctor prescribed. And in the morning, I like to get up and have a cup of coffee and read my paper. Well, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. So that night, he sent his first counselor over to my house. And first counselor asked me if I'd kneel and pray with him at my kitchen table, which we did. And then he took my temple recommend away. And I said, well, I guess if I'm not a very worthy member, I said, then I want to give you back these three church jobs I have, which were very important jobs that required a lot of my time. And then, so I did that, and after I just quit going to church, and it seemed like no matter where I would go, you know, people were always saying, they know, who are you, what have you? They always used to say, what ward are you in? So I got to the point, I just told them I was in the psychiatric ward. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, I just, I just kind of lost interest. But, you know, Sean, I'll tell you one thing. I was just going to want to ask you a question about the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Right, I guess guys. I'm not a very good reader. I have a hard time understanding both. But uh, I know that most Mormons that I know truly believe that the, the Bible is the true word, the holy word of God, that the Book of Mormon is just uh, another, you know, another testament to the teachings of Jesus Christ. But I tried to read the Book of Mormon, but the only thing that really stuck out with me was the, uh, was the, uh, the three witnesses and the 13 witnesses that saw those golden plates. That's the only thing that stuck in my mind. And uh, even like all of us, Oliver Cowdery and David Wimmer, some of those wrecks communicated, Martin Harris. Yeah. And it was at Oliver Cowdery that was on his deathbed when he was asked by uh, different members that, uh, if he really did see those golden plates. He said, on my dying bed, he said, I will not, I could not lie, I did see those plates. And that just has kind of always stuck out with me. But, you know, with me and what have you, I have been to church, but my church is in my heart, and I have a beautiful statue of Christ in here, and I, I pray to that statue every night before I go to bed. Oh, gosh. And, and, and you know, another thing, Don, Don, you, uh -huh. you really, you, it's a great monologue. You really should go uh, on the tour because it's really good. But I got, I got to ask you about this. Uh, the, I want to ask Adams Road. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? I don't know. I didn't know that Oliver Cowdery was on his deathbed. Have you heard that? Well, who was it was, was dying? And it, it, it was one of them was dying, and they asked him if he had seen those golden plates. He said, "On oh, my deathbed," he said he was dying, and he said, "I did, I did see those golden plates. I cannot lie." But I forget which one it was. Was it Martin Harris or Oliver Cowdery or David Whitmer? I don't know. I don't remember that. I can't remember. I forget the fact that I read the book of Mark. We'll have to check that one out, Don. But, you know, I'll tell you another thing, too. You know, when I go have my car washed at Supersonic, I always go down to that to Southeast Christian Church down on, and out on the, the Van Winkle out there, and I always go wipe it off after, you know, make sure it's always dried up good. And I've talked to so many nice people from that church out there. I think if I was ever to go back to church, I think that would be the one I'd want to go to. I've had some marvelous people out in that well, park. Why don't you go step in there and get rid of that statue? Oh, no. I like that. But, you know, you like, like that I, say, statue. I, don't, I haven't gone to church anymore, but I say my prayers every night before I go to bed and every morning when I get up. Good job. And what's the name of that doctor who prescribes the wine? Oh, I like just a, a joke. Sangria. Just a my joke. My doctor prescribed that for me. He said it's good to keep my cholesterol down. All right, man. Thanks so hey, much, Don. You're doing a good job, and I think the world of all of you. Thank God you. Bless you. Thank God you. bless you. Bye-bye. We're going to Ted in Link Point. He is LDS. Ted, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yeah, Sean. Yes. Yes, listen, I called you like two years ago or so. Okay. I enjoy your show. I do. I watch it quite a bit. But uh, you'd never answered me like two years ago. Uh, I'll try again. Right? All right. Go for it. Don't you think religion is destroying the world between Muslims and Jews and Christians and whoever? Religion, religion, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, no. But religion, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. I can't believe I didn't answer you. Huh? I'm breaking up, sorry. Yeah, I do believe that, but I don't believe Jesus Christ is. I believe he's saving the world. Does that help? 
No, it don't really help. I mean, uh... Guys, have anything to add? Huh? I'm, I'm missing the point. I mean, help me here. I'm trying to be religious, but, uh... Why are you trying to be I, religious? Huh? Why are you trying to be religious, Ted? Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you gone to him no. and said that you're a sinner? I was, I was born a Mormon. I don't believe in it. I, I, I just, I, I have no, uh... Well, I, I need some guidance here, but uh, okay, let me give you I like some. Show, Ted, let I don't me, believe in religion. Ted, let me give you some guidance. You don't believe in religion? I don't think anybody here believes in religion. So here's the guidance. If you want to know God right now, why don't you just take the time here on the air and say, God, I want to know if you're true. Show me. Open my eyes. Let me know that you're there. I give you my life if you're there. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Help me to know that you're true. I want to know. You want to do that? Well, the point is, I think religion is destroying the world. Between the Muslims and the Jews and the, the Christians this and the, whoever else, I think it's think destroying the world. All right, my friend. Well, you if you really start to uh, get down in the mouth and you really start to feel like you want some eternal solutions, why don't you just go to the Lord and pray to him and say, please show me some truth. Okay? I'll, I'll do that. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh... We're going to Joni in Springville, first-time caller. Joni, you're on Heart of the Matter. Turn it down, honey. Joni? Yes. You're on the air. Hi, Sean. Um, I really wanted to um, speak to what Jay said about science and, and also appreciated so much his very candid and heartfelt explanation of what happened to him. Okay. And I also have a problem with science and the, you know, um, the way some people look at science and think it is in conflict with the Bible. But um, there is a physicist. He mentioned an astrophysicist um, and that he kind of likes that study. Yeah. There is a physicist that looks at the creation story, the seven days, and reconciles that with um, science and the billions of years that obviously exist that obviously exist in the distances we're looking at in the universe. And his name is actually Gerald Schroeder. And he also wrote a book called The Hidden Face of God, and the uh, um, subtitle is Science Reveals the Ultimate Truth. He's the author of The Science of God as well. And this, I think, would really be something that Jay would enjoy and like. And I won't go into how he, uh, you know, proves the, um, that the seven literal days of creation are true. But the difference in our perspectives makes it seem impossible. But it isn't. Jay, thank you, Joni. Jay, you have any response? Anything to... Uh, well, I mean, uh, I... We, we meet uh, lots of uh, creationist uh, um, um, uh, scientists, you know, and uh, um, I, I think that it's all very interesting, but um, if you, I think if you try to reconcile uh, the wisdom of the world um, with, with the wisdom of God, um, you're going to run into a dead end because, uh, um, because it says that the, 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 the wisdom, um, that our, our, our wisdom, uh, our, or um, our wisdom is like God's foolishness, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, our wisdom is nothing, our, 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 and, and it will never come to anything. All right. Thanks so much uh, for calling, Jody. Take care. Okay.
Hey, uh, you guys, uh, quick question down the line. You ready, Derek? We're going to move. We're going to start with Matthew. Matthew, uh, we come to 2012. There's a Mormon president who is running for office, and he's the only uh, Republican running, and there is Obama. What would you do? Run and hide. No. Run and hide. No, Run and hide. None of the above. None of the above. You guys can be honest. Uh, if, if I had to vote, I would rather have Obama than, than Monson calling the shots on the nation. Amazing. So, and the, these guys. And I, 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 don't, I don't like Obama. I'm not, I yeah. wouldn't vote for Obama, but, but uh, if I had to choose. Okay. So that, that's really interesting. Okay. Uh, I would pray for both of them and yeah. know that the end is near. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> and, and what is, from you three already, why, uh, what is, tell the audience, let me go to these two, and then you guys tell the audience why the resistance to Mitt Romney, who I think would probably do a wonderful job governing the nation. We all know that. But why not Romney? Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say I'd do a write-in for Sean McCraney. <laughs> <laughs> and then the nation will surely go to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were joking last night that I guess you just have to ask yourself uh, which one is the better choice to usher in the end times because uh, you know it's uh, it's it's pretty scary times we're living in and, and neither one of them seems to be a very uh, a pleasant choice. So. Yeah, really interesting because we're going to be faced with this more and more. Mormonism is becoming more political. They are moving and they want that that throne and they are doing everything they can to get it. They want to be accepted through their commercials as being normative as cool as surfing and motorcycle riding. They want to Glenn Beck up there talking about we are Christian and, and actually going against the, uh, Islam because he wants them to be the whipping boy that everyone hates. And we got the, the LDS church trying to fulfill prophecy to actually govern the world with their theocracy. And, uh, you know, it's just a terrifying thing. Everybody, we've run out of time. It's been an interesting show. But we got to hear uh, Adams Rudd. Thank you guys for being with us. It's always a pleasure. And please take the time to go see them. Uh, go to their website, www.adamsroadband.com. You can find out where they're going to be. Bring an LDS friend. Bring a young adult. Bring a teenager. And let them hear this music and, and see what they're saying. But especially come and join us this Saturday at uh, Bountiful City Park from 5 to 9 p.m., for Burning Heart, our fifth annual celebration, Adams Road will be playing there. Again, we'll have food, bring your blankets, bring your chairs, and uh, we'll have a great time in open water baptisms. Make sure you bring uh, uh, a towel, and uh, we'll go from there. So God bless you all. Next week, we're going to continue on our alphabetical study, and the topic is going to be love. God bless you. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter.